Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition uh, podcast series where today I'm really excited to be joined by Yulia Pornella uh, who's joining me um, from Product Management Festival. Welcome Yulia, great to have you on, on the podcast. Looking forward to chatting through trends and benchmarks in product management. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning a few things as we go through on the sort of first bit of state of the industry, I suppose. Now, for those listening, um, this is a remote recorded podcast session. So apologies if we get some dropouts in the audio. The audio quality isn't used to, isn't what you're used to. If you just discovered the Product Coalition, welcome. We're a global product community with over half a million readers, 7,000 Slack members, and thousands of podcast listeners. You can head to members.productcoalition.com to find out more. Okay, Yulia, let's get stuck into the topic. So trends and benchmarks in product management and, uh, and it's by Product Management Festival. So, But before we get into what you've learned, what you've discovered, where the industry is going, which I'm really interested um, to find out about, could you share a little bit about yourself for me? Sure. Uh, thank you so much, Jay, for the invitation. Um, it would have been nice to meet in person as well. I think that was the initial plan. Uh, and uh, I think uh, you were planning as well a visit to Switzerland, which is a very nice place to be. But uh, right now, I think, uh, yeah, we just uh, meet online. So a bit about myself. Um, I'm the head of product management at Product Management Festival. That is a bit meta. Um, why we why I call myself that and why we call ourselves that because we have other product managers is uh, because we decided the best way to actually build uh, even a conference is to approach it as a product. So we actually approach all our initiatives as products. Uh, we are a team of um, product managers from software industries. Uh, so we have a lot of experience there and it's really actually very fun to transition from software to conferences and in this case um, data reports. Uh, I've been with the product management festival since five years and uh, in this time we've done a lot of um, challenging fun exciting things so we, we, we have we organized two conferences right now one in Switzerland one in uh, Singapore. Uh, this year we decided we're not going to do the one in Singapore just because of the current uh, unclear situation. So we put a lot of effort into building up uh, the Trends and Benchmarks report, which we actually um, published since three years. So we do a survey every year and publish the data. Um, this year has been a bit different because we had more time to invest in it and we really looked at uh, data points um, and uh, correlations between some interesting things, which I'm going to detail uh, a bit later. So, Okay, awesome. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to, to running through this and finding out what some of the big learnings are um, that, that you found. Do you mind sharing a, a little bit of um, how you collected the data? Where is it from? What time period are we looking at, etc. when it comes to going through this? Sure. So we opened the survey up for one month during which we collect, uh, this year we collected over 2,000 uh, answers from over 48 countries, which is basically made out of um, product managers who are either attending our events or um, are in our community since a few years. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So let, let's let's go into some of the learnings. What What is 2020 
taught us that well it's taught us all a lot I think um, <laughs> um, there's many lessons been learned that none of us had on our roadmaps um, but uh, what is the report um, showing showing us a, a, as an industry so I, when, when you're saying that I think one of the regrets I have is the fact that uh, I would have liked to ask a lot of questions about how are people gearing right now with the current situation especially like how how, how are you managing like remote working and how are you managing maybe your main mental state so I, I think those are great questions which we're going to ask in the next year's report because I think to your point there have been probably the most learnings ever uh, not only in product uh, in, in this time period so really interesting as well like the Twitter announcement where they're saying that they you can work from home forever. All of a sudden, all of this is possible. Yeah. So yeah, just coming back to uh, the report, I think there's um, I'm gonna um, there are a lot of things which um, we've learned across um, the year, but I think I'm gonna just refer to one which made the most uh, sense to me, which I found actually very encouraging um, which is um, the perceival of product management so we're running this um, report since three years now and um, from year to year we realize that actually inside companies inside the organization uh, product management is more and more perceived as being valuable because there's always has there has always been this issue um, coming often maybe from engineering or sales where people have been saying to product managers, hey, what are you actually doing? What like we are the engineers, we're building the product, we are the sales, we are the selling the product. So um, unfortunately, product managers have very often been in a position where inside the companies they were working for they weren't being appreciated at the real value and uh, it's very clear that product-led organizations are actually the most successful uh, at this time so for me it's really encouraging to see that the product management has started to be valued more and more and more and more organizations are actually trying to um, become product-led and have product management at the center. Um, yeah. So that's for me the most interesting one. Okay, so so um, product management is now more valuable in more businesses than ever before. Um, what do you think are some of the reasons that are driving that in a positive direction that we want to see? So I, I think it's... Um, basically a combination of the world is changing, um, the users are changing, the user expectations are changing, um, especially when it comes maybe to software or hardware products, it's like um, people, users have now alternatives so they can actually go and choose something they like more, maybe in the past it was different. So then kind of that produces inside, there's of course the digitalization trend, this kind of produces inside the organization, this like, oh, oh we can't just build whatever we want and people will buy whatever we build. We have to actually look at users and, uh, build the product which people love and is actually easy to use otherwise there will be there will be a startup coming up 
which is gonna take our business. So I think it, it started from there. And then probably they're looking at the um, successful organizations like, uh, let's see, Google, which is a product-led organization. So they say, okay, maybe if they're, they're doing this, maybe this is the right thing to do. And that's where it all starts. And that's how, um, yeah, okay. they perceive the value of it. Great. So could, could you tell me a little bit about the, the day-to-day top challenges that product managers uh, are facing that you found from within this report? When we asked this question, we uh, try to be mindful of the fact that uh, not all organizations are the same. So we are, we are using this uh, um, criteria to cluster them um, based on a McKinsey study. And there are basically four types of organization we look at um, which are called chaotic, startup, agile, bureaucratic. The exact definition and traits of these you can find uh, in the report. So just by the way, the report is uh, free, available for download. Um, Anybody can download it. Our goal as uh, an organization is to actually support product managers to amplify the profession inside companies, to give tools to product managers um, so that they're able to do better their job. So the only thing we ask for is that uh, if you download it and it was useful next year, maybe you can answer as well in the survey so that we can keep this going. Brilliant. Brilliant. So back, back to your question, I just, um, we, we, uh, basically used these four types of organization and looked at the answers. Uh, surprising or not, uh, challenge, top challenges are the same, in uh, mostly the same in organization. And the number one or one of the first two is um, the fact that the inside um, organizations, there are uh, competing objectives. And we looked at this and tried a bit to understand what does this mean why is competing objectives a challenge for product managers and then when we were discussing so the data processing was done by Timo Wagenblatt who is one of our board members who's working as a VP of product at the SAP so he's the data master Um, and then we had a lot of conversations internally okay now we have the data we see all these points but what what does it all mean at the end? How can we actually translate that into something where product managers can actually go in back to their jobs and like do things better? For for us, the um, this one was a bit. Uh, if you think about it, it's kind of in the definition of product management um, to uh, have competing objectives because you're in the middle of uh, different departments, different people. Uh, you're the jack of all trades who has no influence over others, but uh, has no official authority over others, but you have to influence them when it comes to take decisions. And of course, yeah, uh, engineering wants to build maybe a product which is like has the latest technology. Uh, Sales wants to build something which the customers have been asking for. So you're in the middle of all these people. So it's kind of the definition of your, your job. You will always be there. But if you take a positive approach to it, I think you can actually uh, 
conclude that being in the middle of these people and having to speak with all of them and hopefully over time ga gaining their trust and respect for the job you're doing, you can actually lead them together in the same direction. So, yeah. Um, this one is a bit of the challenge which you have to accept and try to make the best out of it. And the second one I want to mention, and there's many more, but I, I just want to mention the second one, which is uh, lack of time, which I think it's still surprising for me that the product managers have a lack of time. And it might be because people are st still have a hard time in saying no. And I think there have been so many talks in so many conferences. There are so many uh, videos out there where people can see, uh, yeah, how, how can you say a soft no? How can you say no without offending, without being rude, um, by still like keeping uh, a good cooperation with uh, your colleagues? I think this this one is, it's not human nature to say no it's painful to say no uh, what helps me as a product manager when i say no is the fact that uh, i think either way a uh, decision will be made either way things will not get done because of the lack of time uh, it's my responsibility to actually have a decision on what these things are because if you just do not decide it will happen by itself i think that's irresponsible then it's like yes it's painful to say no but then once you have at least a choice over it um you can influence and just lead things in the direction you want interesting interesting um yeah for me like the, this lack of time and competing objectives um sort of go hand in hand if you've got competing objectives and you're having to constantly rationalize um then um, that's going to suck up a lot of your time, um, having to rationalize that. So then I sort of think, well, is that then the ability to say no? Um, if, if it is difficult to say no in any way, shape or form, then um, it comes down to competency around prioritization and effective prioritization. So you're not having to say no um, to, to give you more time back. Um, so this is, um, this is really insightful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, now, one of the other big questions in this report um, that I'm sure everyone's keen to know about is is salary, and you know what's the trends on the financial side of um, product management? It used to be wild ranges, the numbers. Um, are they still pretty wild, or are we seeing a sort of median start to come through now? Um, it's not so wild anymore. I think the the range starts to narrow down. Um, I think this is the favorite part of everybody in the report. So it's like, just like we, we, we also print it, uh, and, uh, when somebody grabs it, it's like first page they go to, it's like salary, let's see, it's like, am I in the right range or not? Um, it's, I, I think this is very, for me, it was very rewarding to hear a couple of people who have come up to me and said, um, I've used this benchmark to ask my boss for a raise and it worked. So, <laughs> so um, at the end of the day, um, 
we're, we're surveying people we try to, to cluster them by country so we have an average by country but we also have like average by country by role because it's such a such a big difference it's still product management roles are not so clearly defined so you still find a lot of product managers who have product owner titles, product owners who have product management titles. So it's a bit um, a bit strange, but we try to cluster them by the title and um, to, to give a close, uh, close to um, reality as possible um, number. And then what, what I notice is the range is not so wide, but uh, it depends a lot on what, in which kind of company you are so there's always of course companies which are paying more like uh, big banks or google um, and then maybe like startups which are paying less but it's like a trade-off um, still the numbers are i think a good indicator of where you are in your career path and um, because there's still in so many organizations lack of transparency when it comes to salaries i think people should be using this as a benchmark uh, to see if they're in the right range or not. Maybe they're, maybe they're above it and kudos to them. Okay. Okay. Um, so like us obviously hits the, the top number, um, Juice <laughs> the economy and tech tech startups there, um, but um, is, is this changing significantly year on year? These, the numbers in the report for salary? So what we've noticed from 2019 to 2020 is that there wasn't a significant change from, um, so I think it was maximum in 5%, which is given the fact that there are different um, people answering the survey could be just a, like a uh, statistical error interval between that. But I wouldn't say there's a clear growth um, trend there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So next question I've got is, um, I understand you've surveyed uh, around psychological safety. So I'm really interested um, with regards to my next question. Um, what, what's the relationship you're seeing between leadership styles and the psychological safety rating that's been reported back through this survey? So this started. This all started uh, this year um, while we were thinking about what can we actually bring so what can we we publish this report every year what can we bring new to the table for people of course there's a, a lot of value in seeing the trends from year to year um but we decided that uh, maybe we should focus a bit uh, into on the leadership uh, side and also on the psychological safety side which is uh, such an important topic and i think it's under discussed at this moment um, because at the end of the day we are human beings there's a humanitarian side to uh, our job so we should really strive that to make the places we work um, safe and comfortable so that we are able as human beings first of all um, to feel good so that we are doing our job in a good way and that we're building successful products i think it, it's no surprise that there's a clear maybe nobody has said it out loud until now but there's a clear 
connection, a clear relationship between psychological safety, the leadership styles of the product leaders or managers, and the, your willingness to look for another, one's willingness to look for another job. Um, we use the different types of um, um, leadership styles when we surveyed, uh, they're all uh, accessible in the report. The least liked one is uh, the coercive one, which is the, the, the kind of boss which is like very directive says, you have to do what I tell you. As we know, product managers are very smart people who know better what to do uh, and how to work on their products. So of course, this is not uh, an ideal situation. We've seen that the, the most loved, appreciated styles of leadership are the servant one. Um, so it's a kind of a mix between servant, affiliative, and democratic. So servant meaning that um, your leader um, is there to support you, so to serve you, to help you succeed in your role. The affiliative is basically an orientation towards people and uh, the yeah, democratic, of course, uh, taking uh, always your opinion into consideration. And as I've mentioned before, um, when people are don't feel psychological, psychologically safe, they will be starting to look for other jobs. And now I just want to address uh, product leaders out there we speak with so many of them it's really challenging because product management is a relatively new profession it's challenging to find good product managers um but more challenging sometimes is to actually keep them in the role so and i think a lot of people are forgetting about this like once you hire a talented person it's like okay solve the the issues here but you're not nurturing you're not like making sure that this person is staying on board uh, and then the cost of change with that will actually be higher so um our encouragement uh, because a lot of product leaders are downloading the report um start to work on yourself start to work on your leadership style uh, there are so many trainings out there there are programs there are books I mean you can do anything just try to uh, improve yourself and I think once you are you get there of course uh, people will want to stay in your team will still want to continue collaborating with you and uh, yeah um, that will ultimately, if you have the good people, you, uh, you have a good leadership, um, ultimately it will lead to product success and to organization success. So it's like full circle. <laughs> awesome, awesome. It's great to see the science backing up that there's direct correlation between people having their jobs and not going to look to leave and um, servant and democratic leadership um, uh, as the rationale for that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I agree for the CPOs and product leaders out there or those aspiring to be product leaders, check out what servant leadership is and democratic leadership and, um, uh, identify opportunities to change, change behaviors. And I appreciate for many people, um, that, um, the culture influences their behaviors and leadership style. Um, quite often after a year or two in a job as well, you sort of tend to conform um, quite easily more to the culture of an organization. So um, I think it's always good for people to sort of refresh their style and go back to basics. Um, 
So this has been really interesting um, with regards to um, the state of the industry. This psychological safety um, and leadership style is the one I'm really interested to see how it changes in 2021 with, you know, the whole remote work, the COVID-19, I think the whole world is feeling less psychologically safe than what we did four months ago, regardless of leadership. And there's a lot of um, context changing. Um, we're recording this on June the 3rd. So for those in America, safety there um, right now is, is front of mind. And um, I'd say above and beyond the importance of a job right now is they're just keeping themselves safe and their family safe. So, um, yeah, I'm really keen to see um, what 2020 goes down in history when you release this report in 2021. I look forward to certainly participating and, um, and uh, contributing to it. We're looking forward to this one. Uh, can, can I ask finally, um, what, what have you taken out of the report that change, has changed you as a product manager or product management in, in your organization? What's, what's, what's the learning for you that you're now going to do different? Mm, I think this is, this, it's a lot about the leadership uh, as well because I, I have uh, my own team of product managers. Um, I think in general, it's uh, when we collect the data, I have certain expectations of the answers which we're going to get. And I'm always surprised. So the learning there for me is to be a bit more humble and open when it comes to understanding where the world and the product management is right now so because we have the big opportunity of listening to a lot of um, very experienced product managers who come and present or with whom we also do uh, webinars online i sometimes feel like i know so much just by listening to so much but uh, it's just a reminder for me that hey, wait, <laughs> um, so you actually you have to go out there and learn and um, pay attention to what's happening. The world is very often changing. So it's uh, what one thing which I'm always surprised as well is the, the um, new tools which you pop up. So there's a question on new tools for product managers. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't know about them. Um, it's my job to know about them, but sometimes it's uh, like I'm not up to speed with uh, what's happening. So it's kind of a lesson of I should dedicate at least 10% uh, or more of my time to just act to do active learning when it comes to how product management is evolve, evolving. Even though I've gained a lot in the past years by the nature of my job, there's still so much to be learned every every time I, I look at this report. Well, you're certainly in a good position to learn plenty because, uh, you know, I attended yes. Product Management Festival a couple of years ago in Singapore and loved every moment. So you've certainly got a great opportunity to step out of or away from the office or the desk and, and learn because um, I know you guys have some awesome product leaders in, in your lineup at the, at the festivals around the world. So um, I can continue to congratulate you on, on getting that done and for contributing this back to the community and, um, and helping us all grow, learn and improve the craft of, of product management. So thank you.
It's a it's a group uh, effort, so we're actually just processing the the answers of uh, the communities. It's due to everybody who answers, and it, it's it's a long survey, so it's uh, uh, around uh, sixty questions. I thank you so much for everybody who took the time from their day to fill that out, and so sometimes with so many details, which really help us um, because it's in the in the group in the people uh, there's the power of the information so we're just like facilitating as we are for the conferences we're facilitating uh, great speakers to meet great uh, participants and share together uh, their experiences without them we wouldn't be able to do anything so thank you to them thanks so much for this, this session and sharing all this information Yulia. I've, re I've really enjoyed um, this recording so thank you Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much. For those listening, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. If you wanted to listen to more episodes, you can do so over at podcast.productcoalition.com. Until the next episode, take care of yourselves and uh, best wishes. Thanks all. Bye-bye.